Just take the hand of the person next to you. And if you would, join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for holding to us. As we hold the hand of the person that is beside us, we can, we can probably feel their heartbeat. It is tangible. It is something that is visceral to us. It's something that we can, we can remember. Father, our prayer would be that in some way that we would be able to to think of you right now as we are as we're holding this hand and realize that you too are holding on to us and that you've been holding on to us all all year long and father you've been holding on to us for all of our life sometimes it's hard to recognize sometimes it's hard to it's hard to feel your presence but will you remind us right now in this moment as we are held that you hold us close, that you wipe away our tears, that you forgive our sins, that you redeem us, and that you give us hope. And may we hold to that today and every day in the future. It's in the name of your son that together we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys, for being here today and for and for the way that you've been worshiping and I know that uh, it's a special time of year when whenever we can come together uh, during the Christmas season and we're able to see friends and family that perhaps we um, we haven't seen in a while and so it, there's just a measure of excitement that comes you know from that and and I'm learning more and more about that right now because we are new puppy parents at our house uh, we're new puppy parents and and it's amazing how you can, you can walk out of the room and, and the puppy is sleeping. And the puppy wakes up while you are out of the room and when you walk back into the room, the puppy will greet you like he or she has not seen you in years. And I wish my own children would do that every once in a while. You know, no, don't you wish that your spouse would greet you at the door like your puppy does sometimes, right? Just all excited, you know, and where have you been? And I've been waiting for you. This is awesome. So you see family and you see friends at Christmas time and you get all excited because you haven't seen them in so long and it's just like a, it's just like a new puppy. But, you know, with, with new things, there comes a, a changes that go on. And, and maybe you've noticed that in your family, whether you've gained puppies or whether you have gained uh, sons or daughters. Maybe you have gained daughters-in-law, sons-in-law. And, and all of a sudden, at the Christmas time, everything begins to change a little bit because now you've got more presents under the tree and, and you have to set more chairs out around the table and there has to be more food prepared because your family has, has grown and it's expanded. And it's something that's exciting for you and sometimes it means that you have to allow for more room in the driveway and people are parking all up on the side of your grass but you know what? You look over that and you say it's alright because this is family and, and this means that there is growth and there is life and there is excitement. And if you know what that's like in your own personal family, then hopefully you can sit here just for a moment and understand what that is also like here for, for our Christian family. You see, five years ago this weekend, our congregation welcomed in 
followers of Jesus who have been worshiping just a few miles away in a building that had a sign up on the side that said the, the Brainerd Church of Christ. And it was the vision of individuals who had worshipped there in the Brainerd area that, that, there, be a, that, that, that there be an encampment of, of Christ followers and Christians here in East Brainerd in the 1940s. They gave their blessing and they gave their money and, and they gave some of their people to, to be here in this community when it looks so much different than what it looks like right now. And from that small little church plant has has grown in has grown into the congregation that you are a part of today. The congregation that you are a part of that has been able to influence not just Chattanooga but the world. And five years ago that Brainerd congregation well it came a time where they looked around and said, you know what, we're we're not able to have the impact here in this area that we once did. We're we're, we're not we're not able to, we're not able to see the, the, the fruits of labor that we once saw, but we want to be able to, we want to be able to continue working, and we want to be able to continue to, to serve God, and we want to partner with others who have this same mission. And so the leadership of the Brainerd Congregation five years ago reached out to, to you. They reached out and to their children. And said, can your parents and your grandparents come and join you? They reached out and said, can, can we bring new people to the family? People that speak a different language than you do. People that live in other places around Chattanooga than where you live. Can we come and, and join with you and, and partner with you and and five years ago, we resoundingly said, yes. Come and, come and, and let's be together. Come and, and let's worship and come and let's serve and, and come and let's be hope for the Chattanooga area together. And so we opened up our doors and, and welcomed in members of the Brainerd Congregation and we welcomed in some who, as I mentioned, spoke another language than what was our natural language. We have, as a part of our congregation now, members who, who speak Spanish and English. And we welcomed in individuals to our congregation who, um, who had had sons and daughters and, and grandchildren who had come through this congregation at times past and they were coming to join them again. And it, it, it changed our whole dynamic here at East Brainerd. It, it gave us a flavor that we had not had before. And we were able to welcome on staff people like Marco Diaz and be able to gain from his knowledge and from the way that God works in his life. And, and so many of you have benefited from the messages that he has shared and from the, the way that he has been a part of your life. And, and we've been able to meet brothers and sisters otherwise we would have not known before and, and have celebrations that we would not had before. So many of you have been a part of our Festival of the Americas that we have had here through the years where we have been able to learn so much about some of our brothers and sisters who are part of our church family. And it's hard to believe that now five years have passed 
And yet you look back over that, Marco, and it seems like it was really just yesterday. And today we sat here and we sang, God is so good, and we sang it in English, and we sang it in Spanish. And you look around, and now you, now you can't tell who the Brainerd people are for the East Brainerd people, because you know what? We are all one. There are no labels. There are no names. We're all followers of Jesus Christ, and we are coming here together to enjoy worshiping with one another. And I just wanted to take a moment today to remind you of, of how special these last five years have been. And to encourage you, if you are some of our brothers and sisters who came to join us five years ago, I just want to say thank you for what you have brought to our family. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the, the service and the hard work that you have given. Thank you for the ways in which you have asked, how can we be a part of what is going on here? And we want you to know that, that you are part of our family, and we are together, and we are, we are one with one another. And we are blessed because of you. And I hope that over the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years, we will again have opportunities to welcome in more and more who God sends our way. Again, would you join me in prayer as we thank him for the way that he has blessed us. Father, we are so grateful to you. Grateful to you for the way in which you work. For the way in which you move through our city. Ways in which we do not understand. We are thankful that so many years ago there were those in Brainerd who said, who said there needs to be a presence in the East Brainerd community. And Father, we're thankful that for these last 70 plus years that, that there have been men and women who have been here, who have been encouraged in this place, who have, who have served you and who have brought others to know you better. And it was such a blessing five years ago to learn that we had the opportunity to be able to welcome back those who had, who had helped to begin what was going on here. And we thank you for what that has meant to us, for the ways that it has changed our congregation, for the way in which we have been able to partner together. We don't always understand your ways. We don't always understand how it is that you desire to have impact. But Father, we're thankful that we get to be a part of that. And we're thankful for the way that you have blessed this congregation we're thankful for those who have been a part of Brainerd in the past. We're thankful for those who have known nothing but East Brainerd. And Father, we're thankful for those who have known neither. But you have brought here to this place over these last few years. We pray that you would continue to fill us with courage. That you would give us strength. Father, that you would give us hope. So that we could be your men and your women on mission here in this city. And that you would work through us to truly be lights for the world. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. The way that he's talked about in the text is the child. And there's been a lot of conversation about the child over the last, over the last month. Especially over social media, people have been asking about this unique baby. Where did he come from? What's his heritage? And, and what's the meaning of it all? And of course, I'm talking about baby Yoda. 
This little guy. Um, this little guy has taken the world by storm, if you, if you didn't know this already. Ever since Disney Plus introduced him in the streaming series, The Mandalorian, Vanity Fair magazine wrote in an article that was titled, How Baby Yoda Has Conquered the World. They said this creature of unknown provenance introduced at the end of The Mandalorian's first episode has become an instant and indelible pop culture phenomenon. Its fandom is obsessive, transcending age and experience. And in an age of bitter division on nearly all matters, there is seemingly unanimous adoration for this tiny alien creature. So think about it. No matter if you're Democrat or Republican, everybody can agree that they love Baby Yoda. No matter if you're ham or turkey, doesn't matter. Everybody loves Baby Yoda. It doesn't matter if you are Tennessee or Alabama. Well, actually it does. But, <laughs> but everybody still loves Baby Yoda. He is this, this entity that is transcending everything in our culture. But because Disney chose to keep his existence a secret, they didn't let anybody know that this character was going to be in this new series. They have missed out on an estimated $2.7 million of holiday merchandise sales. Toy maker Hasbro will not be rolling out its official Baby Yoda toy line until nearly May. And so that means that while internet searches of Baby Yoda have risen by more than 7,000% over the last month, everybody's just going to have to wait. You're just going to have to wait. Even though you would like a Baby Yoda for your holiday season, you're not going to get one. You're just going to have to wait. And don't you hate waiting? Don't you hate waiting when it's something that you want so bad? When, it, when it's something that you can, just, you can just feel like you just reach out and hug and squeeze? And <sighs> Waiting is exactly what the people of God had been doing when you read through your New Testament. They had been waiting through prophecies, and they had been waiting through occupations. They had been waiting through rebellions. They had been waiting to receive what they actually had been told was coming. It wasn't a secret. It didn't just get rolled out all of a sudden. They knew that it was coming, and they were waiting. But no one could have imagined. Nobody could have imagined how their God was going to fulfill his promise. And certainly no one would have believed that it would all began with a young peasant woman from Galilee. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The first glimmer of light for the world and in the world was sparked by this simple but profound statement. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Latin Vulgate would translate favored as full of grace. Because grace, as it turns out, is a literal translation of favored. It actually is saying, greetings, woman who is filled with grace. But the greeting was not about Mary's grace. It was about God's grace. The angel is not saying, greetings, woman who has shown grace. Gabriel is saying, greetings, woman who has, well, you have been shown much grace. You've been shown much grace by God. 
You see, the nativity, the nativity was all about God shining the light of his favor and his grace upon people just like Mary. And today, the nativity is about the church learning to do the same. You know, oftentimes today, we might be tempted to think of Mary as one of the most important somebodies in the world. She is spotlighted in sacred art. She is serenaded in holy hymns. Her name adorns church buildings and schools alike. But on the day of this particular birth announcement, Mary was one of the least important nobodies in the world. She is among the most powerless people in her society. She is young in a world that values age. She is female in a world that is ruled by men. She is poor in a stratified economy. Furthermore, she has neither husband nor child to validate her existence. She is a teenage girl living in the political, religious, and cultural backwoods of Galilee. And yet, in the midst of her darkened situation, in the midst of this darkness, God favored the overlooked and the forgotten. And he continues to do that today. Greetings, woman filled with grace. Mary's world was indifferent to her, but God was attentive to her. She, she wondered and, and was confused. Well, what, what does this mean? She's disturbed by what the angel has to say. Because when God-forsaken people are treated as God-favored people, well, the news is so delighting that it can be disturbing. And, and when you're passed up by the world, there's nothing more difficult to accept than the fact that you have been accepted by God. Yet that's the promise of the nativity. The nativity of Jesus promises a God who favors the unfavored. And it produces a church that does the same. You see, the nativity continues to shine brightly when the church also favors those that the world forgets. And this, it, it appears, it, as it turns out, is the, is the great unlearned lesson of too many Christians and too many churches. The glorious light of grace experienced by one is always meant to be extended to all. Because grace that is received is meant to be grace that is extended. A church is simply the gathering of, of any and all who share the dual description, dismissed by the world, but desired by God. Think about that for a minute. Th think about the gathering that we have here right now in this place. That you are surrounded by individuals who at one time or another have known what it feels like to be dismissed. And yet God says, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. The Lord's with you. And you were desired by God. You know, for Luke, this is not just the theme of the nativity. It is the theme of his good news about Jesus. His entire two-volume project is motivated by this anthem. I don't know if you knew this or not, but, but Luke's gospel, along with his Acts of the Apostles, make up about one-fourth of your New Testament. And he contributes more words to the New, the New Testament than any other author. I know you thought Paul wrote everything that was in the New Testament, but it's not true. Luke has more words to say than he does. And his words are an ode to all who are overlooked. Every word and every story is used by Luke to help you hear what Mary heard. Greetings, you who are filled with grace. You who are favored by God. 
The Lord is with you. And he wants to illuminate the crazy promise, the crazy promise that God had to share his divine light with everyone. And so repeatedly, Luke draws attention to the way that Jesus befriended and the way that Jesus served and the way that, that Jesus helped and the way that he healed. And it was all about the way in which he approached those who were neglected. The sinners, the tax collectors, the sick, the lame, the, the lepers, the children and the women. It's why that he shares the stories of Zacchaeus and the Good Samaritan. It's why he talks about lost sheep and a woman who loses coins and the prodigal son. To each one of the unfavorable, Jesus acts out the words, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And then he goes and he invites his followers to do the same. Jesus invites the church to mirror what it is that he has said, what it is that he has done, the life that he has lived out. And when you read through Luke's writing in the book of Acts, it reveals the way in which Jesus, through his church, continued to value those who were undervalued. The church served the poor, healed the hurting, befriended the Gentiles, and they erased lines that others had drawn. Lines that were between races and genders and economic classes and nationalities. The church even became a friend to sinners. That is who God's people were. To each unfavored one, the church shined the light of favor. And it's why we do what we do here. When you ask and say, well, well why five years ago did, did we as a church at East Brainerd say, sure, we want people to come in that may perhaps speak a different language than us. We, we want individuals to come in who, who have different backgrounds than us. You need to understand that the message went out to a lot of different people. The question went out, can we join with you? And the answer came back, no. But we said yes. Because we feel as if we should uphold the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that those whom others might look at as being unfavored, those that others might look at as being a minority, that we look at and say, greetings, you who are favored by God. The Lord is with you. Grace and favor. You see, Luke understands Luke understands what the nativity is all about. And because of his understanding of the nativity, it compels us to do two things. First, it compels us to believe that no matter how deserted, discarded, or dumped we feel, God is saying to us, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. I am favored and embraced by God. You are favored and embraced by God. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what your nationality is, the color of your skin, the gender that you have. You are favored by God and the Lord is with you. And the nativity compels us to believe that no matter how the racial majority or minority has treated us, how the boss or employee has treated us, 
how the politicians or the people have treated us, how the parent or the child has treated us, how church members or church leaders have treated us. God's most important message to us is this. Greetings, favored one. You. That's right, you. The Lord is with you. You have the grace and presence of God. A lot of you have name tags on today. You came in and you wrote your name down and you stuck it on. And just as easy as you can remove that name tag. Just as easy as you can take it off when you leave this place today. You need to remove the false labels that the crowd has perhaps attached to you. The nativity invites you to look into the mirror and repeat the words, Greeting, favored one, the Lord is with you. Secondly, Luke's understanding of the light of the world compels us to share with others what has already been shown to us. Favor and, and grace. Favor and grace accepted from the hand of God must always lead to favor and grace shared with others in the name of God. The church is called to represent for the unfavorable in our families, in schools, in cities, in the world, what Gabriel, Luke, and Jesus all represented. We've been called to, to use good words and good deeds to convince the most hurt and neglected that God favors them too and that God loves them too. You see, Luke's gospel stretches us. And I know that sometimes as Christians, we don't, we don't like to be, to be stretched. Just as people, we, we like to feel comfort. But Luke's gospel stretches us to believe in a God who shows favor to the unfavored. Even those who, who may believe that, that favor could never be shown to them. We are stretched to believe in a church where every seat is reserved for those for whom the world perhaps has reservations. The good news is that there is a chair, and that chair is reserved for you. The chair is reserved for you. Because after all, aren't we all in our own unique ways unfavorable? Aren't we all, at one time and another, aware of the fact that, you know, we just don't always fit in? Aren't we all at one time or another made to feel as if we're not valued and appreciated? Or aren't we all at, at one time or another faced with questions of identity and, and who are we and does anybody really care? And don't we all in our own desperate ways need to hear God say, Greetings, favored one. The Lord's with you. It's the message of Christmas. It's the message that comes when the light of the world is allowed to shine. And it's the message that we all need to hear today. But it's a message like so many centuries ago is such a hard one to believe. It's one thing to talk about seeing the light. It's one thing to talk about shining the light. But can you believe the light this morning? The light that says you, yes you, are favored by God. That you have received his grace. And that God's presence is with you. Will you believe that this morning? And will you allow that belief 
to change the life that you live. We're going to sing and encourage one another. And perhaps you need this morning to respond to that very light. Maybe you've been told by others that you do not rate, that you do not matter, that you do not have a place. Well, you need to hear God's words this morning. Greetings, favored one. I'm with you. And maybe you need to allow that message to cause you to come before this family and say, you know what? I believe in the God who believes in me. And I want to live my life for him. Maybe you'd like to be baptized into Christ this morning. Allowing the nativity to become real. The fact that God came into this world to save sinners and you're willing to admit, that's me. That's who I am. And yet I am still able to receive the grace of God. Whatever your need might be, I encourage you to come and believe the light as together we stand and sing.